When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. brought your baby home, and when you want to put him down for his nap, you try to swaddle him just the way the nurse showed you. He keeps kicking his legs free, and his hands always seem to find his face within minutes. Do you really need to swaddle your baby? Do all babies like to be swaddled? And how do you know if you're swaddling your baby correctly? This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's Newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through the baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indue Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Sunny's here to tell us about ways you can participate in our new show. Awesome. Thanks, Kristen. So as Kristen mentioned, she mentioned iTunes, and that's a really great way for you guys to learn more about our shows. And another thing that I want to promote along with iTunes, some, a way you guys can get involved and really help out newbies is by leaving a review. So that's the way iTunes works as far as people being able to find other shows. A huge portion of that is the amount of reviews a show has, because theoretically, people would have to listen to the show in order to leave a review, right? So they view those shows as being more popular and more people should check them out. So if you have just a couple seconds, you can either do this through uh, your iPhone app. If you've got, uh, everyone's got the podcast app on their iPhone, so you can search through there. Uh, you can also go through iTunes if you have iTunes on your computer. And all you have to do is find our podcast. And right underneath the logo for our podcast, there's an area where you can submit a review. And it's just a couple quick clicks. We would love to know what you think about the show. We really do read these. I get an update every time someone leads, leaves us a review. And I I really do take those to heart. So if there's something you like about the show, you know, this is a great way to post it. If there's, you know, areas we need improvement on, that's fine too. I, I welcome honest reviews. And you can also reach out to us personally. So if it's something that's more personal that you just want to share with me, or if you have a story idea or something like that, you can email me through the website. So you have to go to newmommymedia.com, click on the contact link, which is at the bottom of the page, and there's an email form there. And that's just a couple ways you can get in touch with us. All right, let's meet our panelists. Let's start with Lindsay. My name is Lindsay, and I am a mommy of two amazing daughters, Mia, who's age four, and my littlest one, Abigail, who just turned eight months. Both of my girls were huge, huge, swa- huge swaddled babies. They didn't sleep without their swaddles. They cried when they got out of their swaddles. Um, so I am a, a swaddle professional over here. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> All right. And Garrett? Hi, my name's Garrett Massey. 
Um, I have three girls, age four and a half and two and a half year old twins. And I have a fourth girl coming in uh, into June. I am a big lover of swaddling. It was uh, one of the ways that I was able to bond with the girls. And uh, when uh, my wife was in bed and needed rest, it gave me the opportunity to go and be part of the whole process. So I'm owner of uh, Cozy Babe. I actually manufacture swaddles uh, to my my size and design. And uh, I love the challenge of a baby who breaks out of swaddles. That's my that's my passion in life is to find babies that they are told they don't like swaddling and I swaddle them. <laughs> and to fix the problem. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll make sure to include a link to uh, Garrett's website on our New Mommy Media page and for the episode page for this episode. So I'm Maggie Jennings, and I am the owner of Belly Laughs Birth Services, and I am the mother of four lovely children, ages one and a half up to ten, one boy and three girls. Welcome to the show. All right. So before we kick off our conversation today on swaddling, I wanted to bring up a headline that I found. And I love positive stories. And this is one of those stories that was originally just really devastating news to a family. And it turned out to have a very positive outcome. So I like to share these type of stories. So the headline for this is seven-month-old baby receives donor heart and escapes death with moments to spare. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but I mean, that's literally what happened here. So basically, there was a little boy. His name is Lincoln, and he's from Alaska. And at 20 weeks pregnant, his mom found out that he had a congenital heart defect. And the family living in uh, Alaska, the doctors determined they didn't have enough resources to be able to deliver this baby properly and be able to take care of him properly. So the baby was actually born in Portland, Oregon. And I believe the mom flew out there early. I don't think dad was there for the birth simply because they also have a daughter that he needed to take care of and daughters in school. So obviously that's already a difficult situation when mom and dad are separated uh, for the birth. But so they knew that there were going to be some problems. The thing that really caught my attention with this was the photo. The mom took this photo of her baby's hand right before the surgery took place because this baby went into heart failure five different times <laughs> after birth. And you're talking about a very short period of time. And they, you know, the doctors determined immediately that this baby needed a different heart. And so the mom took this photo and it just broke my heart because I think she's holding his hand and the hand is just, it's completely discolored. It's gray. It, it just, it, it looks almost lifeless. And that's what really caught my eye with this, this whole article. My heart was just breaking, you know, just thinking about what that mom is feeling at that moment. So the good news is, is that uh, obviously they, they did find a heart and baby Lincoln is doing very well. It was a surgery that was like down to the wire, like Literally, the baby could not go into another uh, heart failure or the baby was going to pass. There was there was no other option. And then the mom, after the, the surgery was over, took another photo and of the baby's hand. It's this bright, healthy pink color. And I don't know, just really warmed my heart. And I know that this is a tough decision that a lot of couples, unfortunately, have to make. Like when they get the news, like in this case, the mom was 20 weeks pregnant and she knew that her baby was going to have a, you know some issues. And I just wanted to share this as a sign that 
babies are just so can be so strong, you know, in these kinds of situations and something that seemed perhaps to the parents like, oh, my gosh, this is just going to end up horribly. They took a chance and they bet on the doctors and and just had faith that their baby was going to be healed. And the baby was healed. And I just love stories like this. So just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. If you guys can see the photo online and stuff, we'll make sure we post it to our Facebook page, too. But Kristen, what do you think about this? Oh, well, I'm, I'm choking back the tears. <laughs> I know. Um, it's, it's sad, but happy at the same time. Right? It is. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, that's, it's really bittersweet when you hear stories like this, because you know how amazing it is that that child was able to live, but you also know that that means another baby died. So it is bittersweet, but I mean, what, what a miracle and what a, what a blessing to that family to be able to find the resources, find the right doctor and then to, you know, get a donor heart. And, you know, I just really hope that everything continues to go well for this baby throughout his life. I know. Yeah. How how terrifying for that, uh, the family. And uh, I mean, the baby doesn't know what's going on and you can just kind of empathize with them. And especially for those of us in the twin world, where, uh, you know, we've had to go to the NICU and you're, there's uncertainty and, um, you know, you just have to rely on the doctors and um, really put your faith in them. And so that's what an awesome outcome for in this situation. Awesome. Lindsay, any, any thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I, again, like everybody else was saying, what a touching story. It's heartbreaking. I can't even imagine having to be in that situation, but at the same time, I'm really on either side to be in the situation on either side, but what a beautiful outcome too. It's just, yeah. I think it also says so much about kids. Like uh, when you bring your first baby home, you're so worried about everything that you you're doing, but kids are so resilient. And I mean, in something like this, you know, he needed a, a transplant, but it just goes to show, you know, they, they really are miracles and they're fighters and it's, it's cool to see something like this. Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks for sharing your opinion. We'll go ahead and post this on our Facebook page. You guys can take a look at the photos and look at the article for yourself. Today on Newbies, we're discussing how and when to swaddle your baby. Our expert, Maggie Jennings, is a DONA-certified birth doula, Lamaze-certified childbirth educator, certified lactation counselor, evidence-based birth instructor, and certified happiest baby on the block educator. Thanks for joining us, Maggie, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Wow, I was a little intimidated reading that intro with all your credentials. That was a really long list. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should be proud of it. (laughs) Okay, so Maggie, what is swaddling and why is it used? So swaddling is tightly wrapping little babies up um, so they feel nice and safe and secure. When they're first born, they come out of the womb where they're folded really, really close and tightly in the womb, and so that that transition from in the womb to the outside is a big one. And so when we are able to swaddle them and and keep them close and tight, then that tends to just help them feel happier and and they're going to cry less, which is always a good idea for for new parents to have babies crying less. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And when do most babies prefer to be swaddled? They're going to prefer it the most in the first 
three months after baby's born. Um, one of the things that Dr. Harvey Karp talks about with his happiest baby on the block is the fourth trimester. And the fourth trimester is that first three months after baby's born, where we're really trying to replicate the womb as much as possible. And that's what is going to make that transition the easiest for baby. So we're going to see that babies like it the best in those first few weeks after baby's born, the first month. And it's going to start um, lessening over that three-month period. So some of them will like swaddling th- for three to four months, and some of them are going to be done after a month and a half. It's just really going to vary from baby to baby. Some children do like to be swaddled for longer than that, but as far as you know, the real function of it, it's, it's really that first three months. And how do parents learn how to swaddle? Well, there are a variety of ways there. Um, taking a newborn care class prenatally is a great way to learn how to swaddle just to have some hands-on practice before baby actually arrives. If nothing else, the nurses are going to show parents how to swaddle in the hospital or the birth center, wherever they're birthing, if they would like to learn. There are also a million YouTube channels where you can see firsthand how to swaddle. So that's a great resource for new parents, especially because they can just keep refreshing and replaying that, that little video. And parents, do you remember the first time you tried to swaddle your baby and how did it go? Let's start with Garrett. Uh, yeah, I do remember. I was trying to uh, think back on all the classes that I'd been to and my brother-in-law had showed me with my little niece, but that was probably like four, four or five years uh, prior. And uh, so what I did is I just asked each nurse to, to show me their method. And then at, towards the end of it, there were things that I liked from one person to the other. And so I kind of started to m- combine some of the, uh, the best practices. And uh, the first few swaddles are, it's basically just a big lump. It doesn't even turn out the way that you think it should, you should or you want it to. And the babies seem to like it. And then as you get more practice, it, it gets more snug and in all the right places. So... It's just, just kind of trial and error. You got to practice it. But if you don't don't practice, then uh, you won't get great at it. <laughs> and how was it for you, Lindsay? What, how was your first attempt at swaddling? Well, I actually uh, was fortunate enough to have two years of experience of it because um, I was actually a postpartum and nursery nurse for two years before I had my children. So um, once I had my babies, it was very familiar to me. But at the same time, it was actually completely different because swaddling your own children versus swaddling your patients <laughs> for me was, um, it was so sweet and it was so different, but it was fun to also teach my husband my ways of the way that I swaddled versus the ways that the nurses would come in and try to help us. And actually, you know, he had his own specific way that he ended up coming up with. So yeah, it was really fun to kind of see all the differences and different ways of, of how people swaddle. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I um, had all these nieces and I had babysat and I was a nanny and I knew everything about kids, right? When I had my first child, you're you're a perfect parent until you become a parent, right? <laughs> and I remember trying to swaddle that first night home. We had just gotten home from the hospital and the nurses did everything at the time. So, you know, I didn't even have to try, but I totally knew how to swaddle. And I could not do anything. I mean, this kid had arms up by her head. She was kicking her feet out. I'm I'm like, there's no way this kid is like this developmentally, you know, advanced that she knows how to, you know, intentionally get out of it. But it felt like she was. It was just a disaster. Um, so I think in combination with just inexperience doing it under the pressure of sleep deprivation, 
And just having to constantly do it in the middle of the night just makes it that much more difficult. So that was my first attempt at expert swaddling as a first-time mom. Uh, My favorite thing to hear from my friends is is they say, my baby doesn't like to be swaddled when it's a brand new baby. And it's kind of like my ears perk up and I just run to them. I'm like, I'm coming over. I'm going to show you how to do this. Because uh, so many times people think that just because they're not getting it right the first few times and their hands are coming out, then they kind of start to give up and then the baby learns to be without it. It's just if you can get into the practice and habit of doing it when it's, t- when it's time to sleep or time to be cozy and, and restful and get it done right, then the baby will love it and you'll get more rest, better rest for longer employing this practice. But a lot of times, you know, if, if no people aren't good at it, then they give up and they're like, oh, my baby just sleeps fine without it. But their baby sleeps like one hour a night and, uh, you know, they're just dealing with a lot of sleep issues. You know, to Garrett's point about being able to sleep better, that was really, really important to me when I had twins because I was pumping throughout the night. And um, it, when they were first born, they were preemies. And so they couldn't latch properly. So I was like pumping every three hours. And I, so I really valued my sleep at night. <laughs> when I could get my sleep, I really valued my sleep. And um, my twins were the only babies I swaddled. So my older boys, I never swaddled them. And they always slept pretty well. So I think that's why I never really felt like I had to swaddle. But with my twins, I was thinking, babies, you need to sleep as long as possible. And I don't want one baby waking up the other baby. And so it worked out really well for me. But but I have the experience of not swaddling and swaddling. And um, they I can definitely say that the twins slept longer because they were swaddled. So Maggie, what about skin to skin? When is swaddling the appropriate thing to do? Well, in the first few weeks, skin to skin is the most important thing to do. If baby is down, if you're putting baby down to rest or whatever, then swaddling can help them sleep longer like you guys were just talking about. Um, And it's definitely valuable in that regard for helping parents get a little bit longer nap, be able to take a shower without having the baby crying. But when parents are awake, when mom is awake in particular, you know, having baby skin to skin is going to be great for breastfeeding in particular, but it's going to help mom's, you know, hormones sort of stabilize. It's going to help baby be a lot happier in general. Babies are born needing their parents. You know, they need that warmth and and swaddling is going to help them feel tight and secure. But if they're laying on their belly on their parents' chest, then they're also going to feel really secure that way. So I never put swaddling before skin to skin, especially in that first month or so. And dads can be doing skin to skin too. I always want to plug that. It's really important for dads to do skin to skin as well um, because then baby gets to know dad's smell and he's going to be able to help comfort baby as they get older as well. So I say, you know, mom, feed baby, get their belly nice and full, and then dad, take over, whip off that shirt, stick baby on your chest. And that way they're full and they're warm and they love you so much. And dads, uh, be careful of that manscaping. Don't do a, a trim <laughs> right before you, you have a baby. Like at least, you know, let it grow for a couple weeks or so, you know, so yeah, it's nice and cozy. Don't scratch your babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, skin to skin is awesome. It's It just, it makes you feel so good. And, uh, you know, you have baby laying right on top of you. And I remember being in the hospital and having her, my first laying right on me and, uh, it's just such a cool feeling and the babies they do, they, they love it and need it. Just one of the things that I, I see, you know, and I'm, I'm no like certified expert, but when you get in the habit of having your baby fall asleep on you and then you can, you don't transition that into sleeping in the crib or in their, in their nursery, then, you know, it's six months down the road, a year down the road. And then before you know it, your, your kid's sleeping with you and that's, they're five years old. And, uh, Anyway, I just want to throw that out there, and I'm not naming any names. 
Garrett. <laughs> I hope they're not listening right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, a lot of the times the dads say, you know, well, I can't really do anything. All I do is change diapers or, you know, because she's breastfeeding. What what can I do to help? Um, and I think, you know, Maggie makes a great point about how important bonding is when you can do skin to skin with your baby. Um, that's a great way to help mom because then she can go take a shower or she can go take a nap or eat something. You know, those are the best times for dad to bond with baby, but also to be helpful to mom. So dads, you guys are really important or partner. You're really important to helping mom. I have the cutest picture of from when my first daughter was born and it's from the hospital and it's of my daughter and my husband and the nurse, this was something I had never seen before. The nurse had taken my baby and told my husband, pull your shirt down a little bit. And she shoved the baby inside of his shirt and put the baby on his chest and her little head's like sticking out. And it was just the cutest thing I had never seen before. Cause he was like a little mama kangaroo with his little Joey. And it was so cute. But um, we have the picture still framed in the house. It's just darling. Yeah, don't miss the opportunity to go to skin to skin. It's it's a it's such a, a cool experience. So Maggie, at what developmental stage should parents consider discontinuing swaddling? Well, usually when the the startle reflex, the more reflex starts sort of going away, that's a, at that point swaddling isn't as necessary. Part of the swaddling, you know, when you lay baby down on their back, they'll sort of flail their arms out. And that's what we're trying to minimize because it makes them cry. So usually around the end of the third month, fourth month, at the end of that that, fir- that fourth trimester, that's going to be a good time for them to start weaning off of it, so to speak. Now, some babies are going to like it longer. And so a good way to sort of test it is to maybe swaddle them with one arm out. And if they are able to stay resting nicely and, and contentedly, then it might be time to, maybe we don't need to swaddle anymore. If they're flailing that arm around and, and really just not able to calm down, then you might want to try it for a few more weeks. The other one, the developmental stage would be when they're rolling over. If they're able to roll over in the swaddle blanket, then we don't really want them doing that either because it's hard to roll back, you know? So um, we always put them to sleep on their back, swaddled up. And then, um, you know, those are the two things, sort of markers we're looking for. Yeah, for me, it was uh, when they start to consistently break their arms out. And for the first, it, it just so happened to be around like the three and a half, four month mark. And then we started to swaddle her with arms out. And then for the twins, it was about the same, like towards the third month um, that we were swaddling arms out. But it's, I mean, every baby seems to be different, you know, whatever works for that baby. But for me, it was, uh, they were consistently starting to break out and they were just sleeping with their arms out. It wasn't like they were waking themselves up. So there was no reason to re-swaddle them at that point. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about the types of swaddling and Maggie will explain why it is important to do it correctly. We will be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with certified happiest baby on the block educator, Maggie Jennings. Maggie, how many types of swaddles are there and how can parents learn which one is right for their baby? You know, there might be an infinite number of swaddles out there, ways to actually swaddle baby. I'm not sure. There are different ways, you know, to where to put the arms. We put them straight down. Do we let them cross across the body? Do you wrap the legs up? Do you have them sort of, you know, hanging loose? There's There are lots of different ways to actually swaddle. And I think that, you know, the the best way to figure out which one's right for your own baby is to try them out. Is this one helping my baby stay calm? Is this one not working at all? And then going from there. The happiest baby on the block in our classes, we teach the doo-doo swaddle, which is 
D-U-D-U, down, up, down, up. And so that's the one that I'm the most comfortable teaching. I, I found it to be really useful. It helps keep the babies nice and tight and secure. But there, again, there are any number of swaddles out there. Yeah, and uh, for me, I like the square swaddles. I know there's there are a lot of different types of zipper bags and uh, stretchy material things that you can kind of put them in. And uh, I just like the square blanket because then it, uh, the square swaddle, you, there's, they're so universal. I mean, you can lay them down and for a changing mat, you can use them for, you know, for breastfeeding as a cover up or for spit up or for keeping them warm in the stroller and then also for swaddles. And uh, I found that the, the ones that are out there are so big that I was sewing, I was cutting mine and sewing them. And uh, in, in order to do my method, which is, a, is the square, I start with a square and fold it down. And if you, if you want to see my method, you can go to the cozybabe.com and there's a, a, a video and a tutorial on how to do it. But uh, I found that I was doing that so much, m- manipulating the, the blankets, that I said, hey, I'm just going to start making these myself. So that's how the business got started. And uh, I really like using the blankets. And I've tried zipper bags before falling in love with swaddles and they just didn't seem to, to work as well for me. So when I swaddled my twins, I'm I'm not a very confident swaddle <laughs> swaddler, I guess. I got the the pre-folded ones where there's Velcro and I just kind of like roll them up and tuck this in and wrap this over and there's the Velcro because I just again, I just really wasn't confident in my own abilities and I was I really only swaddled them at nighttime. It's the only time I did. And so half the time I was half awake cuz like I said every 3 hours I was getting up to pump. And so it was kind of crazy and I was kind of sleep deprived. So I know that worked really well for me. The downside of that for me is that those are very specific sizes, right? So I felt like I had, I kept graduating. My babies were growing kind of quick. And so I had to kind of graduate to the next size. So, and then I was trying to sell the ones that were smaller. And so I I feel like that was kind of the downside of it. But if someone wants something really kind of quick and you're not all that confident (laughs) in your abilities, it worked for me for a short period of time. And Maggie, are are there risks of improper swaddling, which parents should be aware of? Yeah, there are a couple of things that, that can be an issue. One is, you know, hip dysplasia. And so we want the legs to be able to move, um, to, to bend up and across each other. That's how they're going to be in the womb. And so we don't want them to be forced to be straightened out. And so when babies are swaddled with their legs really straight, like how we used to see in more historical, like papooses and the board swaddling, that kind of situation, those kinds of things can lead to hip dysplasia. So we want to make sure that they, the legs are loose. It's not too tight around their hips. It's one of the things that we're looking at. Another thing that's important is making sure they're swaddling correctly, because if the blanket is too loose, then baby can get get out of it and then you have a loose blanket in the bed. And so that has been shown to you know not be a good idea because of suffocation hazards and things like that. So making sure it's nice and tight and snug is a really important step as well. Panelists, what kind of swaddle did your child prefer? Uh, for me, my uh, kind of like Garrett, my children really preferred the blankets versus any of the um, swaddlers or the zip sacks or any of those things that they have out there these days. Um, so we would just stick with the traditional three by three blankets. And as they grew, I, it was challenging to try to, to try to find four by fours, but (laughs) that's the method that we used and the tighter for us, the better. And that baby would be crying. And the second we would swaddle it, it was instant comfort and just sleep. It was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing for our family. Yeah. The, the square swaddle blanket is, uh, 
was a go-to for us and for a lot of different reasons that I already mentioned. But it was just nice to not have to have so many extra things to, to consider when putting the baby to sleep. And so we had the same experience. You know, you get to a point where the baby knows that it's going to be comfortable in there and it's safe and secure. But it, it's kind of like a learning process. That's the awesome thing about babies is that the, from the moment they're born, they're learning and we're training them. And if you train them to be comfortable in a swaddle and it's the swaddle, but it's also you're rocking them, you're shushing them, you're, you're patting them and they have full tummy. And, uh, and then all those thoughts and happy feelings are associated with the swaddle. And, uh, that's what I loved about it is, was being able to put them in there and then all instantly, you know, they would be really happy. But if you don't train your baby to, to like it, then, you know, it's not going to be like instant every time, you know, from the very beginning is you have to teach them to love it. Exactly. Maggie, are there some babies who just don't want to be swaddled? Of course. I mean, you always are going to have babies that don't like certain things. And, and we're looking at different kinds of things to do. I mean, we're looking at the majority. And so the majority of babies are going to like to be swaddled. They're going to want that, that feeling of security of being tight and wrapped up. But some babies just won't really like it. There aren't really any contraindications or any reasons that a baby shouldn't be be swaddled that I can think of off the top of my head. But if your baby sleeps fine without being swaddled, then they definitely don't have to be. I mean, there's, there's no reason to definitely do it. But if you try swaddling, your baby doesn't calm down normally and you're trying swaddling and baby isn't really liking it. A lot of times it's because it's either not tight enough or their arms aren't down low enough or sometimes the blanket is touching their cheek, you know, so they're, it's just simulating their rooting reflex. They want to eat all the time, you know, so a lot of times it's, it's um, just that it's not, we're not swaddling quite right, you know, less that baby doesn't like it and more that not actually swaddling correctly. And so that's just something to look at, you know, make sure that we got it, we got it really nice and tight and secure. The arms are down, aren't getting out and that it's not, not touching them. Basically. Okay. And for me as a swaddle nut, I'm going to say there's no baby that uh, doesn't want to be swaddled. Um, and I, you know, won't take the politically correct way. I'm going to say that if you, if you have a baby who doesn't like to be swaddled, call me, text me, Skype me, I will help you. Babies just, they, they weren't sitting in the womb um, for as long as they were saying, I hate this. This is horrible. And so we're, that's what I try to recreate with the swaddle is that the consistent, cozy feeling when it's time for them to relax and rest and, and nap. And if you are consistent with it, then your baby will, will like it. As long as you're doing it properly, just like she said, if, if it's loose and you're not, if you're too afraid to make it snug around their arms, which is the biggest thing when they get their arms up into their face, they're waking themselves up, then you know, yeah, your baby is not going to uh, enjoy it because it's not being done right. So watch the videos that are out there and you can check out my website for it, but there's going to be a link, but yeah, I say all babies love it. And I, if I could just add one more thing, you guys, something that, you know, I always was questioning myself about and timing with my children is just to remember that every baby is so different. And that's what's key here. My first baby was swaddled until she was eight months old. And my second baby was only swaddled until she was four months old. So there's no right a wrong time when to stop the swaddling. And I always, you know, questioned myself if, if this was going on too long or if this was not, you know, short enough. Like you guys said, if the baby's sleeping fine without it, go ahead and let it go. Um, I do have kind of a unique story about this. I, you know, think swaddling is very important. But I also have a child who has special needs and in particular has um, sensory issues. And he 
hated swaddling. And by the time I had my third child, I considered myself a pretty proficient swaddler. But I just, you know, not to contradict Garrett, because I definitely think that it has a lot of value. Um, But I do also want to encourage the moms who have a feeling that something is off to trust their mother's intuition because I always had that nagging feeling that, you know, you know, this is kind of unusual and not, not to put fear into the hearts of any of moms out there. Um, cause most babies are just fine. But in my mother's intuition, I did have a feeling that something was off and it turned out to be a sensory issue diagnosed later in life. So I look back and I'm like, oh, maybe that's why he hated the swaddle. Um, So that's just kind of a unique tale from my household. And sometimes larger babies don't like to be swaddled. I've noticed they aren't as into it. Another thing that um, I was going to touch on is that there there are different kinds of swaddle products out there. And one of them um, is called the swaddle up. And so some babies, when they come out and their arms are up by their head and they're always up there. And so putting their arms down, sometimes they aren't as comfortable. And the swaddle up blanket actually lets their arms be up, you know, by their ears and it zips up so that they can feel secure. But some, some, for some babies, it just helps them be a little bit more comfortable and they are, are able to sleep longer when the other swaddle, the regular sort of typical swaddling methods aren't working as well. So there are a lot of different options out there, but yeah, generally babies, you know, pretty much all babies will, will like to be swaddled. They'll like that feeling of security. Thank you so much, Maggie, and our wonderful panelists for joining us today in our discussion about when and how to swaddle your baby. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show, as Maggie will share about the happiest baby on the block technique and how swaddling is involved. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. All right, so before we wrap up our show today, we have a baby oops. And I love baby oops because it's a chance for our listeners to share their funny stories, things that have happened within that first year of caring for your baby. So it could be something funny you did as a new parent or it could be something funny your child did. In this case, Laura sent us this quick little email and it was Laura that did something kind of funny. And I'm sure this wasn't necessarily funny at the time, but afterward we can laugh about it, right? So Laura says, when I brought my daughter home, I felt like super mom. I did everything and even enjoyed entertaining all the relatives that came over. Wow, that that is a super mom. Amazingly, that lasted about two weeks. Then one night, my little girl woke up hungry and I remembered that I got her from the crib, changed her diaper, warmed the bottle and rocked her. I rocked her and I rocked her, but I couldn't figure out why she was still crying. I just rocked her. (laughs) Eventually, she cried herself back to sleep. I put her back in her crib all snug and warm probably because she was swaddled. Well, my husband came out to check on me like an hour later, and there I was, no baby, a full bottle, sound asleep, all while rocking myself in the chair. When he asked me what I was doing, I had no idea. Needless to say, I forgot to feed her. I slept for a really long time after that and didn't play super mom anymore either. So I'm guessing she just imagined all this (laughs) happening. She was dreaming that she was feeding her babies. And that's what happens with sleep deprivation. And, you know, Lindsay and I have been talking about (laughs) sleep deprivation and um, making silly (laughs) mistakes as a result of just not getting enough sleep, right, Lindsay? Absolutely. (laughs) She needed a postpartum doula. She did. She need that mama needed some help. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Even if it was from the husband a little bit. Um, So anyways, Laura, thanks so much for sending this in. We love these kind of stories. And if anyone listening, if you guys have a story that you would like us to read on the show, you can submit a couple different ways. You can go to our website at newmommymedia.com. You can send us an email through there. But the best way, I think, for you guys to send us your stories is through voicemail. And you can do it now all through the website, which is nice. You don't even have to pick up your phone anymore. So again, through the website, click on that. There's like a little banner on the side of all the new mommy media pages and it says send voicemail so if you click on that you can just use the microphone on your computer and send it in that way and then we'll uh put it on a future episode and you'll become internet famous so uh laura again thanks for sending it in this was awesome that wraps up our show for today we appreciate you listening to newbies don't forget to check out our sister show preggy pals for expecting parents parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers the boob group for moms who provide breast milk to their babies and twin talks for parents and multiples thanks for listening to newbies your go-to source for new moms and new babies this has been a new mommy media production the information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.